Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. How's everybody doing? Big Dave and Joe, another edition of Poker Action Line as the World Series of Poker Online Series continues. Uh, pretty much reaching the halfway point today. Uh, Fifteen Event 15 being played today, and we'll keep an eye on some of what's happening and also some of the latest results. We talked about the first seven tournaments last week, uh, first six, I think, and then uh, now we've uh, put a few more in the books and uh, following it closely, or as closely as I can, I, I, I find that my interest is really waned in this thing because Richard. I don't know any of these players. <laughs> well, you never do anyway. I, I, I think it would have been impossible for us to have some kind of uh, fantasy tra- uh, head-to-head play where we picked the winners. But finally, in the latest event, uh, we finally have a well-known champion of one of the events, a bracelet winner. And he is Joe McKeon, the 2015 World Series main, of Porter, event. main event champion. Uh, his third bracelet of his career. Um, here's a good uh, quiz question for you, Joe. How many players since their World Series main event win have won another bracelet? All time? Since 2003, since the Moneymaker. Since Moneymaker. Okay. Well, I don't believe Jamie Gold has won one. No. <laughs> um, Nor I will he. Think, <laughs> I don't think Moneymaker himself has won another bracelet. No, he has not. Um, Jerry. Uh, Jerry Yang, no. Yang, I don't think he's won one. Uh, Var, Var, was it Varconi? Varconi was before, was, he was before, before her, uh, Moneymaker. So I must have. I must have okay, you're, you're stalling. Give me one. a give me a guess. A you're stalling. Yes, from twenty three. I would so say it's been six. like sixteen years. Six. six. No, the answer is three. Wow. Only okay. Joe, Joe Cotta, Jonathan Duhamel, and Greg Merson are the only others besides Kean. Kean McKean becomes the fourth. Well, actually, this was his uh, his third win. So there were there are a total of four. Actually, is would be the correct answer. Uh, he's won 16.7 million in live tournament earnings, uh, but he had not won a bracelet since uh, 2017. He broke that curse, the champion's curse, by winning his second bracelet. Uh, so Good those are the him. guys that have done it again. Uh, McKeon, uh, this was a $3,200 no limit hold'em high roller, the highest uh, price tournament of this uh, U.S. Uh, series. Uh, the prize pool, more than 1.5 million, 368 players entering, uh, which is pretty good for a high roller. And uh, one, 128 of those rebought. So uh, it was a 14-hour tournament, took the entire day, and uh, McKeon wins $352,985. Well, congratulations to Joe. So uh, He defeated uh, a guy who uh, kind of carried the load in the final table. It was a fellow named uh, Frank Funaro who actually knocked out players in sixth, fifth, fourth, and third before they got head-to-head. So he knocked a bunch of those players out and at that time uh, obviously had a big lead, 9.2 million chips to McKeon's 3.2 million, but he turned it around 
in about 15 minutes. So uh, pretty impressive play there. Uh, the final hand, McKeon held ace nine. Fanaro had a seven six suited. The flop was eight four king. So uh, he did have a gut shot uh, flush draw, and uh, and also a gut shot straight draw. But the four was on the turn, and then a queen on the river. And McKeon took the title. So uh, that's one of the interesting champions of this. And the, really the, the only guy that most people will have heard of out of the entire, uh, I guess, thir- 14 tournaments. Well, good for him. You know, how? like I said, I, I'm i not going to lie to anybody. I haven't been paying attention. How have the numbers been? What are they saying about the pretty, numbers? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot to compare it to, but I would say uh, I saw one tournament was 2,000. Uh, but most of them are right in between 1,000 and 1,400. Well, I think those are really nice numbers, especially since it's limited to Nevada, New Jersey, correct? Yes. Because uh, Pennsylvania is not part of this, and I don't I don't know if Delaware is. So you're limited – to one state in the East Coast, one state in the out west, I I I think they gotta be pretty happy with two thousand people entering in some of these tournaments. Yeah, I would say most of them uh, you're closer to a thousand probably the average, but uh still not bad. And uh you know, it's tough. Uh the funny thing is uh obviously you have to be in uh uh Nevada or New Jersey to play in these events. You don't have to live there. Uh in fact one of the great stories is a uh, champion uh, that won one of these events. Um, it was, uh, let's see, I'm pull him up here. Uh, Ryan DePaulo won an event. He lives in New York, drives across the border into New Jersey, and on Sunday night was playing in the Big 500, uh, $500 buy-in, had attracted 1,624 players. Um, in fact, uh, they rebought 803 times. So wow. the, the total entry is 2,427, created a prize pool of over a million dollars. And after 12 and a half hours of play, Ryan DePaulo plays under the name Joey is a Mush, Walked away with the uh, $159,000 top prize, his first gold race. He's a blogger. But the funny thing was, when he won the tournament, he was playing in his car in a parking lot in New Jersey Whole Foods. <laughs> and, because the, and because the tournament started so late, 3 o'clock uh, Las Vegas time, 6 o'clock in uh, New Jersey time, he woke up there in the morning, huh? It, it was in the morning. By the time he won on the final hand, he got out of his car and started screaming. And some of the early risers that were going to Whole Foods uh, were looking at him pretty strangely. <laughs> they can look at me strangely, too, if I had just won 159000 after 12 hours or so. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, he defeated Jack Salter head-to-head play. But the story for us... The fourth place finisher was a fellow named Luckbox89, whose real name is Hayden Fortini. Good for Hayden. Yeah, 53000 was the prize money there for him. Uh, who knows where he's playing from, but uh, he was a uh, fourth place finisher in this. And uh, also uh, Shannon Shore was in that final table as well. So pretty good uh, final table and uh, an interesting tournament. But uh, that's a great story. Whole Foods, a parking lot. There you go. Whole Foods. Now, 
home to expensive food and 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 bracelet winners. <laughs> exactly. Uh, several other good stories. A fellow named um, uh, Ron McMillan won an event. He plays under the name McDaddy15, MacDaddy15. He won the $1,000 buy-in, no limit, six max hold'em. Uh, end up winning uh, 188000 uh, defeating Ryan Torgerson, who has also run a, won a bracelet in this tournament. But it was his first online tournament ever. Well, that's the way to get that career started online, huh? <laughs> yeah. Plenty of live experience, but the first time ever playing online poker. Well, and uh, the young online players uh, battled him to the end. But he's a regular on the Mid-States Poker Tour. And uh, he wins the event uh, and showed a couple of his buddies there on the couch uh, cheering him on. And uh, a lot of great stories here. Well, yeah. And listen, one of the joyful things that I get from this, uh, Dave, when we do this every year during the World Series time, is that we always have great stories about people who, oh, they've never played in a tournament. You know, (laughs) they've uh, entered the wrong tournament and won it, you know. So this is nice to see that that trend still continues now online. Absolutely. Some of the other players that cashed in that event, Chris Mormon, uh, Alan Sternberg, uh, Daniel Negreanu, uh, Nick Schulman. Nick Schulman finished 43rd. Anthony Zeno was 22nd, making 5,300. Uh, kind of chump change for a lot of those guys that are big-name players that uh, have been playing for a long time. But again, it doesn't cost him as much to get into some of these events. But Ron McMillan wins uh, that event. I'll tell you what, I don't think it's about the money. It's about trying no. to keep the tradition running and finding a way around, you know, all the all the crap that we're going around in this world. And, you know, especially for somebody like you and me, Dave. And, uh, you know, we, we now live we now live in ground zero, uh, you know, for for this here in South Florida. And it's just, uh, I'm happy to see that they're able, they were able to get this off and uh, people are going to win bracelets and, and, and have a good time and, 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 you know, get some sort of semblance of a normal, you know, normal poker life. So, right. I'm just wondering, does this fill, they'll fill the void for now, or does this mean that we won't have a live series later in the year? If things uh, lighten up a little bit. Well, Dave, I don't know. I mean, I know you're a betting man on certain things. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, will, I'm willing to hold any wagers that they don't have a World Series of Poker event in 2020 live. Yeah. You know, I, I just well, can't see it. Well, let's face it. Things are getting bad everywhere, including in Las Vegas. So uh, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, one exactly. other event I did want to mention was Event 7, uh, which was won by uh, June Kim. Uh, plays under the name JYK Poker. He won event seven, which was the $800 buy-in knockout deep stack. Uh, And I mention it because uh, Eric Baldwin, who's had a couple of nice finishes, finished third. And uh, Jeff Platt finished in seventh place. Jeff Jeff is a uh, poker announcer, works on, uh, as kind of like the sideline reporter for a lot of uh, events uh, during the World Series of Poker. And he finished in seventh place. Uh, kind of curious the way he went out. Uh, he jammed uh, his last uh, 3.3 million chips with King Deuce of Hearts. Ran into... Pre-flop? Pre-flop? Pre-flop, yeah. Okay. And uh, 
Um, it was actually against Kim, who had uh, Queen Nine offsuit, but a Queen Eight Ten came on the flop. There was no other uh, couple of blanks on the river and turn in river, but uh, the Queen was enough to put Platt out in seventh place. He is a uh, uh, he has a poker news podcast, and so he's not only a sideline reporter and. Uh, a guy who uh, has been around for the last couple of years with a pretty uh, good uh, media presence, but he also has a podcast. So uh, we're kind of cheering for him on the side a little bit as well. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm glad you know some of these people <laughs> and you've been following up on this, but uh, for me, I'm just joyful. I'll tell you what, you're, you, you, you made the point just a second ago about whether this would bring back, you know, replace the, the live uh, tournament. I'm curious whether, you know, this will hopefully, obviously, I don't think anything is going to replace the live, the excitement, the amount of money that it brings in. Obviously, we spoke about how many people are affected financially by not playing in the in the main, not main event, in the whole, you know, month and a half long series. But this may lead to having like a, a six month in between. You know what I mean? Having uh, sort of like an on, just just like it is now, just an online uh, thing. I don't know if I'd give out bracelets for it, but um, you know, being being that we don't have any other online sites in the states right now, you know, I I think these numbers they they could probably move forward with doing something like this on an annual basis. Yeah, or maybe have a live one and a online. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, listen, they've been mixing a few online tournaments while doing the yeah, live Yeah, but just, just a handful. The there was going to be 14 tournaments exactly. this year out of 80. but uh... I don't want this to replace the live or, or as it turns out, okay, we'll do the main event. We'll do the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the $50,000 one where that's the, the mixed champions, you know, where they pick that the grinder has won twice. Um, right. I, I think people, obviously the players look forward to going out there and having that experience out there. You've been out there. Okay. Yeah. I've been to other tournaments where there's been, you know, 1500 people sitting in a ballroom. Uh, but I have not been out there for the WSOP. So you know what the excitement is like. Yeah. We have mutual friends who just love the hell out of this that we know have played out there. Um, and I know a lot of people who make, uh, make you know they depend on that income during those six seven weeks that they're out there i don't want to see that go by the wayside where now all of a sudden it becomes half online half live you know what i'm saying yeah expense wise if it, if they could generate a, a, a significant uh, income from online i don't want it to later on affect because it will have a a financial effect on a lot of people yeah, uh, I have not seen uh, the grinder's name at all in any of the tournaments, nor his brother Rob. Uh, I'm not sure what his feelings are about online poker, whether he's a part of that. I know Jason, who hasn't been playing because of having the babies, uh, basically uh, has stepped away from poker for a while. I don't think he would have anything against online play for years. You know, he played on those sites and was a supernova elite. Uh, so he... Uh, Certainly wouldn't have anything against playing online, but uh, he's just kind of out of the game right now. Yeah, and well, obviously New Jersey and New York, you know, were were a hotbed for for that until we decided to take over the title now uh, here in Florida. But um, you know, 
like I said, my brother came from Vegas about a week and a half ago, and he said that town was pretty dead. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. And things are getting worse out there, too, not to mention it's probably 117 degrees. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, boy. Uh, well, listen, as we've been saying and everybody else has, uh, the world has – we have to brace ourselves because the new normal is not going to be anything like the old normal. That's for sure. Well, if you, um, if you want to get a good laugh, I mentioned Daniel Negreanu and, uh, you know – not only is he tied in with GG Poker, of course, that part of the event has not really started yet, but, uh, you know, he's obviously been aligned with Poker Stars in the past and and was playing in a tournament uh, the other day. I don't remember which game, but he he was on the live stream. His table was on the live stream, and uh, DK Lappin uh, sent in the video because Negranu basically was playing, and a couple of times his uh, – his connection to the WSOP.com went down in middle of hands oh. and, and his uh, picture was on there and he just goes absolutely uh, batshit uh, <laughs> screaming and yelling, uh, launching F-bombs and screaming and yelling. So if you want, you know, if you like Negreanu and you think he's kind of a mild mannered guy to see him go crazy, uh, this story is located on Poker News Daily. Story by Dan Katz uh, talking about Negranu's uh, WSOP.com connection. Not only lost the connection, but lost his mind in the process. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I've, I know what that feels like because it's happened to me. I don't care how nice you are. If you're in the middle of a hand and you've got a hell of a hand, um, yeah, F-bombs are, are – are the most the nicest things you're going to be dropping? <laughs> yeah, not Especially only if you can't get back. Not only is he cursing and just about turning over his table, but the funny thing is, is he's, he in between the cursing, he has to turn and look over at his dogs and try to calm them down because when he starts yelling, they get all all nervous and they think think he's yelling at them. So it's really kind of a funny video if you want to check it out. Uh, it was posted on uh, the. I guess yesterday. Well, like you said, I don't know who thinks that Daniel is mild mannered because I know that Daniel has stood up and, and spoken out very loudly when he doesn't agree with things that have happened in the poker world, with things that people have done in the poker world. Uh, you know, he's 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 been someone who's been very vocal when 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 he disagrees or thinks something is very wrong uh, with you know. Uh, anything in the poker world or anybody in the poker world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Speaking of turning over tables, uh, there's another video online on uh, card player from uh, uh, Kings, uh, the Kings casino in uh, on the Balkan poker circuit in the Czech Republic. And there was a massive brawl during a tournament uh, in the final days. And you can just see the packed room, just like a World Series of Poker Room where there's uh, probably 200 tables, all full of players, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one player got up and, and punched another guy five times in the head. There was bleeding and blood spattered all over the table. Uh, and people started, you know, running away, running toward it, throwing chairs. It was a serious brawl. And uh, 
I don't know if you've ever seen anything like that. We've had a few times we talked about him on the show. You ever been in a room where you got into a fight there where there was more than two people in it? More than two people? No. I've mentioned before about the two people that I stopped from actually fighting. And it wasn't easy because, yeah, I weigh 230, you know, and, and I'm up six feet tall. And let me tell you, I couldn't put punch these guys, but they didn't come to blows. Um, I, I do know of a very good friend of mine. There was a guy who used to play with us all the time, Big Dave, and at, at uh, the Big Easy now, right, or back then the Mardi Gras. Uh, I won't mention him by name because people will know him, but he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit of an a-hole, okay, and um, <laughs> loves, loves to talk a lot of crap, and um, apparently uh, he finally found someone that he was talking to where the person told him, I mean, I got a phone call probably 20 minutes after it happened. <laughs> so you're not going to believe what happened to so-and-so. But uh, apparently they were trading insults back and forth like he used to do in my room and as he's done in other rooms. And, and the guy goes, listen, you open your mouth one more time, I'm going to knock you out. And the guy <laughs> said to him, the, the a-hole said, you ain't going to do crap to me. You ain't, you, know, you, ain't got the, you ain't got the man parts to do that. The guy got up and knocked him out with one punch with wow. one punch they said he went flying he was unconscious the, the other guy did get arrested but i'm telling you if that had happened in my room at a certain point years ago people would have stood up and cheered and probably taken a collection for his bond uh, so, so uh that's that's it i mean i wasn't there for it but i did get a, a quote blow by blow description of of what was said and and Again, it was one punch, and he got his ass, you know, literally handed to him. So, uh, but no, I've I have been in a private game where two guys did swing at each other, and the house guy was somebody you didn't want to mess with, and he put an end to it very quickly. So, multiple? No, I've never been in a multiple. Uh, you know, more than more than two people fighting. Okay. Um, just to kind of wrap up the WSOP online stuff, the $1,000 uh, eight max PLO tournament going on right now. And they are playing uh, into that. It didn't start too long ago. So uh, they're playing uh, in action there. Uh, I could tell you Jeff Madsen, one of the chip leaders in the early going, and uh, they will finish that one up through the night tonight. Uh, and then they will move on with the next uh the next tournament, but still two weeks of tournaments going on out there. And uh, while I'm not enamored with uh, following it that closely, uh, like I was in the past, uh, we still will let you know what's going on and any highlights that we can give you. So uh, there's a few stories for you out there. And we'll talk about a couple other things uh, in when we come back from our first break here. Uh, I'll let you think about something during the break, Joe. My question to you is, you talk about how you, in your early days, the big game was seven-card stud, and it's really not being played as much anymore. There's no seven-card stud tournaments in this series. Uh, they went away with – they're playing all flop games pretty much. Uh, you, don't, you don't see any of the other things. But um, my question to you is, why has it not – continue to catch on and maybe uh, make a re revival. So you think about that for a minute. We'll take a break here on the show. Ed Miller has an idea why, and we'll talk about that when we return. If you're listening to Poker Action Line, pick up the show on SoundCloud or on Spotify. We ask you to uh, subscribe to the show. 
um, respond to the shows you listen to and rate them, subscribe to the service, and uh, plenty of other places you can get the show, including uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, any place you get your podcasts. Uh, Poker Fuse podcast page is a good place as well. Holden Radio Network is carrying us as well as usual. So we'll be back after these messages on the show and talk about some more things here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. (laughs) You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. series of poker online series which goes on in the states of nevada and new jersey and we'll continue uh beginning the july 19th we'll get into the gg poker mm. schedule but that is supposedly only for foreign players well big dave i'd be remiss if i if being being that i'm, I'm an adopted son of, of new jersey you know we, for those of us from from new jersey we always go Hey, we're from Joyzy, okay? That's spelled Joyzy, okay? <laughs> I got you. There you go. It's Joyzy. So, you know, hey. if, if we could just get more states online, and I think maybe by next summer we will have, that will be uh, maybe an opportunity to uh, get more people involved in their, in their, home, in their homes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've been waiting for that now for, what, 10 years now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's uh, go back to my uh, tease going into the break. Uh, When you were playing a lot of poker, uh, I guess the main game was seven-card stud. And, uh, you know, obviously there's other games. Five-card draw was popular years ago. Uh, There was a a five-card stud game, but that was just, uh, you know, not enough uh, excitement there. So that really never caught on. But until Texas Hold'em really took off, it was seven-card stud. 
And uh, Ed Miller has some thoughts, but I'd like to get your thoughts. Why do you think uh, we haven't gone back to that? You would think that uh, when, since there's a rollback in a lot of the traditions and everything, players who played a long time ago, that they would uh, try to convince to play more. Well, there's a lot of reasons, in my opinion, Dave. Um, one of the reasons that I love playing seven-card stud and that I love playing Raz, which is just seven-card stud, but uh, instead of playing a high hand, you're playing a low hand, is I had a good enough memory to remember the cards that had come out and then had been folded. So you do have a distinct advantage. Uh, the game is so, you know, Guess what? In all sports, what do they want now? What's what's the biggest complaint in baseball, Big Dave? What is the biggest complaint from this generation, from this young generation, or for the last 20 years? What what do people do not like about baseball, the young people, people that are 20, 30 years younger than us and, and you know, 40 years, is that there's not enough offense. Right. Okay? And, you know, for seven-card stud, it's it's probably by the young people considered an old man's form of poker okay the skill levels that go into it is what makes it so interesting but i believe the speed of the game is why the young people have did not you know uh migrate to that game you know they don't want that game you know the hold'em games are quicker they're easier to read you know listen when when all five cards are on that board at the very latest if not on the flop or the turn you know what the best hand is you understand? You you already know what the best hand is. And seven card stud, you've got an idea of what somebody may have, but you know, by the time uh, the last card is dealt, there are three unseen cards for each opponent that's still at the table. So you know, you've got to assess and size up your opponents to see, hey, did this guy actually catch his heart? You know, there was four other hearts out there. You you, you there's a lot more thinking involved where. In Hold'em and in, you know, Omaha, yeah, there are more options in Omaha, but in Hold'em, it's, it's a simple game, unfortunately. The, 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 where, where the skill level comes in is not in, in reading the cards and, and seeing what's out there, but in reading your opponent and playing your position better and stronger. One thing that the, 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 you know, this generation of poker players have done the, the internet poker players before the, it was shut down is, you know, they were able to play so many hands, as I've always said, yeah. in such a short amount of time that what would take you and I 20 years of experience, they could literally get that in less than a year. And, and then obviously, you know, uh, being able to, you know, analyze it today, there's, there's sites online, there's books, there's uh, chat groups that help you you know analyze every single hand if you're smart if you're good enough to write it down and and get varied opinions as to how you should have played that hand depending on the opponents that you had the position whether it was tournament whether it was cash game you know so many different things go get involved in that and seven card stud just has too much uh you know moving parts to to make that enjoyable in my opinion for the young players today yeah it takes concentration you certainly cannot excel at that game by playing on 12 different screens at the same time uh you can play with your headphones on and uh maybe looking at your tablet at the table because you have to watch pretty much every hand (laughs) concentrate on what's been folded 
Well, listen, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me and that you just mentioned that you can't do that online and concentrate was um, I was playing in, in an 816 RAS game, okay, on full tilt, uh, you know, many years ago. And I, you know, this one poor guy, you know, kept re-raising me when he had literally no shot at beating me by by the time the fifth he should have been folded on the flop i mean you know when he got his up card but he mistakenly believed he was playing seven card stud instead of ras yeah and because he was playing this he wound up giving me let me see the last three rounds at 64 dollars each and uh and and the other two before that so he gifted me over 300 and changed just him and people kept saying what's this guy doing i and he wound up having a full house and he thought he he thought I was the idiot because I kept raising him with shit cards. <laughs> and as it turns out, he goes, oh, my God, I've been playing seven card and Raz. And like you said, you lose your concentration for a moment and it cost him in a, in a cash game uh, that amount of money. So and in a tournament, it could knock you out of a damn tournament <laughs> and that you were doing really well in. So, yeah, as uh, as Ed puts it in his story, he said, uh, he said, after all, many people who play poker want to have a beer and relax while they play. Watching every dealt card, following the quick action as they are folded, and then remembering them all throughout the hand is pretty rough. He said, I think this burden is one reason uh, for the lost popularity of, of the game. Yeah, you have to work harder. Yeah, you actually have to work harder. And when that was the only game available, it was a huge advantage for those people who had a great memory for it. You know, and if you got if you started drinking at a private game and you knew this guy wasn't paying attention and he was chasing, let's say, a flush or or a full house and didn't realize that, you know, he had maybe one of his cards out there because the other had already been folded. You had a huge advantage because these people would pay you all the way down till they got their, their final card. Right. And, you know, I have seen se- unbelievable seven card stud players in my lifetime. I've been there to witness it, and and it's a thing of for me. It's a thing of beauty, you know. It really was the way these people played it. I saw one man play a hand without ever looking at his down cards because he was making a sandwich, and he kept telling me I, I was the dealer, re-raise him, re-raise him, and at the very end he got heads up against two players when the seventh street, you know, when the final card came, one guy came out betting, another guy raised. He re-raised. He had not seen his three down cards. He was playing their cards. Dave, you're going to think I'm lying, but I'll tell you right now, they folded their hands to him, and the pot was incredible. And I, to this day, I still don't understand how. And he ta- And when I spoke to him, he goes, I knew they had absolutely nothing. So they had to pray that, that my three cards gave me nothing with the four that I was showing up. And I was told this man was a great uh, seven card stud player. It was the only time that I ever saw him play cards uh, live. I mean, live. Nobody did an internet then that he played. And I happened to have the uh, pleasure of dealing to him. And wow, to 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 tell you that I could still I still talk about that hand, and we're talking easily twenty something five, twenty five, twenty six years ago. Uh, he he definitely earned my respect and and the title of being the best seven card stud player in South Florida at that time. So let's move on. Uh, A couple other stories I wanted to touch on uh, from the uh, 
from from the world of poker, kind of outside the World Series of Poker, the uh, the lawsuit with Phil Ivey uh, with the Borgata was settled. A $10.1 million lawsuit was uh, concluded last week after a six-year battle. Uh, and uh, you know what happened? You know what the result was? I don't know. I know they got some of his winnings last year, so I don't know what the final result was. Well, we have no idea because they're not releasing any details of the agreement. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It'll be interesting next year. Hopefully, if he, you know, if every everything goes back to some sort of normal, uh, and we have live players playing next year, the WSOP, if he will join them, because as we've mentioned on the show. Uh, you know, the WSOP withheld his winnings from last year. Right. Well, it looks like he he could return to tournament poker if he want, wanted, but uh, basically he was broke. They tried to get some of his money. $10.1 million was uh, what the judge had ordered him to pay the Borgata. But, uh, you know, they, they sent a letter to Wells Fargo in his bank account, and he had no money left in his account. So, uh you know, whether he yeah. stashed it somewhere else, who knows? Uh, I was just going to say, you said he was broke. Uh, granted, at the levels that he plays, but knowing how intelligent Phil Ivey was to, to you know, to have these things that he's had with the Borgata and with the casino in, uh, in England, you know, uh, I seriously doubt that that man is, has very little money left in his bank account or, or that he has very little money left, period. Uh, I'm sure somebody is holding on to that money for him. Well, I had heard that uh, they're going to do a movie about it. Uh, the uh, the partner for, I don't know who's going to play Ivy, but uh, supposedly his uh, accomplice, the dealer at the Baccarat table, is going to be played by Aquafina. I don't know if you're familiar with her. but uh, Yes, yes, I know who the Asian actress that uh, yes. is very popular, and she supposedly is getting the part there. Uh, so we'll watch for that one. Uh, That's going to be interesting. That's going to be very interesting, Big Dave. The other story I wanted to bring up was, and this falls into the category, you knew it had to happen, but uh, out in California, the uh, governor has uh, shut down the casinos and the card rooms out there, but does not have the juice to do it to the tribal casinos who have continued to stay open. So the California card rooms have actually filed a lawsuit to – get the governor to close the tribal casinos because, uh, you know, something we'll probably end up someday seeing here in this town. Well, listen, you know, the, uh, the department of interior, the ones that kind of, uh, uh, decide what they kind of do or don't do. So I don't know if the governor, whether they try to sue him or petition him, if they can honestly do something like that, what they can probably do is close the surrounding areas <laughs> set up roadblocks uh, for access into into the casinos if, if you know, depending on, you know, where they're located and stuff. Um, I don't know, if, like I said, if they're going to be able to close them, but they can definitely make their lives a little harder. Yeah, no question about that. Um, I don't know if it'll actually reach the courts, uh, but they're uh, – they, they – Straight stated a, a, a part of the compact that said that the tribe shall not conduct any class three gaming in a manner that endangers the public health, safety or welfare. And uh, the card room said, uh, since your July 1st order that closed all card rooms in the targeted county, 
the travel casinos are not included. They remain open, and this is inconsistent with your directive. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, they talk about. They're worried about the health of people out there, but the truth is it's just a financial matter. Uh, that's the bottom line always, Dave. I mean, look, you know, um, I, I'm surprised. I don't know what's going on in the back doors here, as you well know. Um, you know, in Dade, Miami-Dade County, all the casinos outside of our one Indian casino, the Miccosukee Tribe, uh, are closed down. Um, the Hard Rock is open, and so are almost all of the um, – public, uh, uh, you know, casinos, the paramutual casinos out there. I don't know if you knew this, Dave, but I found out earlier today. I don't know why. I just happened to look through the Bravo system. Uh, I thought all the poker rooms were open. I thought Dania was the last one to open up their poker room this past Monday. But uh, I see that the aisle hasn't opened up their poker room. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, no, I have not. I thought they were open. I know yeah. Gulfstream has not opened. They haven't opened, so no. but that's just the card rooms. But uh, you know, these casinos have to be enjoying a windfall because of Miami Dade casinos being closed, right? And and in California, I'm very certain that uh, you know that the Indian, the tribal uh, casinos out there are are doing phenomenal work. If the governor has shut down all the all the all the other casinos down there, right, right. It's you know, like you said, financial reasons only. Uh, would be the reason that uh, the tribal casinos are open, especially, you know, with the rise in COVID cases all over the country. Yes, absolutely. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, we need to take one more break here on the program. Um, I'll, I'll give Joe a second here, but uh, uh, we have uh, a couple other things to talk about, mostly the uh, the the online uh, tournament has been pretty much covered this evening. I'd like to get into a couple of uh, strategy things that I had put aside. I need to find them during the break and uh, and bring up a couple of things with Joe. But uh, we'll be back with more of the show. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we hope you'll stick around through the end of the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. We'll be back after these messages on the show. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. 
The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach, but what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men, cannibals. Firelight glistened on their oiled bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, as we uh, head down the stretch here of another program. Uh, uh, we will continue to follow what's going on in the World Series of Poker uh, online circuit event. Uh, the uh, schedule upcoming, uh, as I mentioned before, there is a tournament every day. Uh, today we're... Uh, we are undergoing the uh, high roll. I'm sorry, the uh, PLO eight max being played today. There's a turbo tournament on Thursday, the $500 buy-in, 777 tournament on Friday, and then this weekend we'll start the GG Poker. Uh, they have a charity event called 1111 Everyone for COVID uh, for Caesar's Cares will be on Sunday. That's at 11 a.m. start. And then they will have several other tournaments heading in there. The WSOP.com tournaments uh, still to come. The Seniors Tournament. Also, we have uh, a couple of Turbo Deep Stacks. uh, Knockout Tournament on Thursday the 23rd. And there will be a ladies event as well. There will be a Colossus on GG Poker, $400 buy-in. One of the cheapest of the weekend or the whole month, I should say. Uh, and we'll be looking forward to uh, uh, the main event, which is, comes later. And uh, as we mentioned, that's a big one, $5,000 buy-in and uh, $5 million, $25 million guaranteed prize pool. So uh, that comes on Sunday, August the 30th on GG Poker. Of course, I don't know if any of these American players will tra- actually travel to Europe or to Canada to be able to play in some of these things. Uh We'll see what happens that with that stuff. Uh, there's also a Super Millions tournament, ten thousand dollar buy-in, and a five million guarantee in early September. So some bigger events as we move on to the uh, European schedule. And I guess that's because there's so many countries that are involved in it. Uh, I think if there's a lack of interest in what's gone on so far, <laughs> there's going to be more of a uh, lack of interest when we move through uh, 
into the GG Poker stuff. I guess you're not going to be watching. You're not picking up Twitch or any of the live streams or anything like that, huh? No, sir. <laughs> I've turned into a real old man all of a sudden. Like I said, I've, I've always been a night owl. You know, I don't get sleepy till one or two in the morning. One or two in the morning, I'm already four or five hours into my sleep now. So, um, you know, you know how I am with tournaments and without knowing who's who in these tournaments, uh, I really, you know, I wish everybody the best of luck, but it doesn't interest me for, for that. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about a little strategy session on players that are beginners and basically what the problems are when you first start playing the game. You always hear that uh, that you really shouldn't play a lot of hands, that you should play, uh, you know, premium uh, pocket aces, kings, queens, maybe uh, all the way down to some king, queen, and ace, ace, queen, stuff like that. But he said that as an 18 year old kid, this is talking about Jonathan little here, um, that he only wanted to put his money into the pot when he knew he had the absolute nuts, but he learned very very quickly that waiting for the nuts is a great way to go broke. It certainly is. And on top of that, as soon as everybody at the table figures that out, you know, uh, be, and people go, well, how will they know? Well, listen, if you're folding, just about everything but pocket aces and pocket kings and being that you don't get them dealt too often and you've gone, you know, three, four, five, six orbits without literally putting a, a dollar into the pot except for your blinds. Uh, you know, guess what? It's not really hard to imagine that somebody says, oh, when when you do take a raise, you know, it, it's like you might as well turn your cards over. Everybody knows you've got aces. And when you do decide to play a different hand, Dave, and again, you play, that's the problem that beginners have and young players, um, you know, you read the books and yes, you want to get your hands in their premium. But as you find out with today's day and age is that people realize that that's the type of style that you're playing right now, that they call your knit. You're only playing, you know, four five, six different style of hands so they can easily put you on it. What they do enjoy sometimes, at least down here in South Florida, I don't know about in Vegas and in California, Jersey, but if I know that I'm playing a nit player, I sometimes will will take a raise if I've got suited connectors or something. Trying to flop, I'm not looking to play top two like, you know, like an ace-queen against somebody who rarely plays any hands, Dave. I'm looking to play something like a six, seven, seven, eight, five, six suited and hope that you get a very ugly flop that someone with aces and kings who's new to the game thinks that those aces and kings are way ahead when you may have flopped a straight or, you know, two fives come out and you played a four five. He's, he's going to think you never called a raise with a five in your hand, a single five in your hand, and you'll get paid for that. It's one of the frustrating things down here that I hear from players is that we're not talking about the nits that do that, but when you do get aces and you try to push the pot, they get called by too many callers. And what happens when you're getting called by too many callers with aces or kings with a you know top premium hand like that is if there's three callers, you're at best a 50% chance of winning that hand. So you don't want that. You want to try to get somebody heads up 
and pray they don't hit a, you know, that they that they're playing a smaller pocket pair, and obviously they'll have two outs in general to hit to beat you. So right. that that that's one of the things that happens here in South Florida, uh, up north. When I, you know, before I moved down here, it wasn't really so much uh, hold'em as we were talking earlier in the show about seven card stud, Dave. But if you knew a player you know, popped an ace on the, on the top and kept pushing it strong. You knew that person had at least aces with an ace in the hole. And you got people who chased them all the time, which is why I love playing seven card stud, but here in Hold'em, you get these new players who can't put another opponent on a hand so bad because they, 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 they don't, they can't think of themselves playing that hand. And that's one of the biggest problems that newcomers have is you can't put your values on a hand to somebody else. You've got to be able to realize what type of hands your opponents are willing to play against you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he talks about players that are beginners and that, uh, you know, a lot of people drop out immediately because if you start playing poker and you lose the first 20 times you play, you're going to quit and, and go on to something else. So the people that stick around – are the ones who have a little bit of short-term success. They'll keep on playing. And that most of those poker players think they're better at the game than they actually are. Well, and let me tell you, yes, it's true. But, you know, poker, to be successful in poker, you, you, you have to be uh, intelligent. You know, you may not be book smart or street smart, however, but you do have to have some sort of, you know, intelligence to comprehend all the nuances that poker has to offer, you know, from position to starting hands to putting your opponents on hands. And guess what? You do need to be successful, but you don't need to be 100% successful. To, I, I equated, Dave, I equated to golf. You, you've played a lot of right. golf. You've worked sure. on golf courses. You know, I'm sure you've heard a lot of people say, Jesus, those 17 freaking holes, I couldn't have played any worse. And then all of a sudden they hit three or four beautiful shots, get a birdie or they part the hole and they're raring to come back the next day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> poker's a lot like that. You know, you, you make one right call, even though you didn't come out ahead, but you say, Oh wow. Now, now I got it. Okay. This will work out. Now if I learned how to read these people a little bit better on my next session, I'm actually going to come out a winner. You, you need to either, Book a very small win or a very small loss while while your plan of attack seems to be working. You know, it may not have been a hundred percent successful all the time while playing, but it's but you're there going, Oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. He uh he says that uh players are are not uh, flexible enough when they're learning the game. A couple things work for them, maybe a couple of times, and they start saying things like, uh, I always call with top pair. Uh, you know, so-and-so is uh, always bluffing. And none of those things are true absolutely all the time. Sometimes they are true, and you need to uh, work on different aspects of the game. But uh, uh, the problem is that people get started. They think they're pretty good. They think they're better than they are, and they get involved at a level, a uh, buy-in level that is too high for their uh, talents. Yeah, well, that's their ego taking charge there, Big Dave. You know, when you see people that you think that you're you're a much smarter person than they are, that uh, you know that you're you've taken it personal. Well, your ego gets involved. 
nothing is better for a good poker player than having someone whose ego is 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 at it, an all time high for playing, especially if they're frustrated, because then they're going to try to convince themselves that you know really bad calls are good calls, and they're going to talk themselves into making these bad calls. And like you said, uh, new players give out a lot of information. All players do. You know, the the top-notch players know how to control their emotions, their body language, what they say um, to either, you know, get you to act in a different way, you know, than than you're supposed to because they're feeding you false information, whatever it is. Uh, And and new players need to know that way, you know, they get frustrated and go, well, now I know I'm going to call you a top pair. (laughs) You've just given free information to the people at that table, you know, that you're going to do that. If you always say that guy's always bluffing, I'm going to call him. Well, if I'm that person that you think is bluffing, I can't wait to get you in a hand where I know you've got a good hand. I'm going to take all your chips uh, because you've, you've already told me you're not going to let me steal a hand from you. Yeah. It's emotions that uh, can be the big problem. And he says, uh, the sooner you stop thinking emotionally when you're playing, the better. Uh, because uh, he said it's well known that poker players have other things on their mind sometimes, and you need to put that out of uh, out of your mind. Uh, he says also that, uh, and this is what along with what you were just saying, is uh, the people who take their opponent's actions personally do worse than those who simply make the best possible play in each situation. And he says the same thing you just said. If someone constantly re-raises you instead of getting annoyed and trying to show them who's the boss, you need to come up with an idea, ideal strategy to take advantage. Yeah. yeah, you have to set a trap. And that's a lot easier said than done, Dave, because, you know, uh, to, listen, you know, uh, p- people like I used to say, when, they, when, when, when I finally crossed that line with uh, – <laughs> With my emotions, I used to know at the beginning I didn't, but after a while I did. And I go, even though I know I shouldn't, I know I'm going to barbecue some chips. So instead of doing that, I'm going to get up now and and take whatever loss and whatever, you know, but, uh, you know, a-hole players love that, Dave. If I know that you can't handle your emotions, and guess what? I don't give a a crap about you too much and you bring a lot of money to the table. I'm going to I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep poking you. I'm going to keep poking you, poking you until you finally lose it. And and hopefully that hand that you lose in it, that you decide to say, hey, you know, you ain't you ain't pushing me off this hand is the hand that I have a, a monster hand and, and take all your chips and and piss you off even more. So the next time you come, you'll 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 still be pissed at me. So. It's interesting how the, 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 the psychology of poker. A lot of lessons to be learned along the way. Certainly it's uh, trial and error, trial and error, but uh, certainly you got to stick with it. Uh, looking around the country, uh, you know, we noted that uh, some of the Miami poker rooms have been closed recently. Uh, also, um, California shut down a lot of their rooms, but there's different uh, – there's different directions that some other places are taking that are starting to reopen their economies, Massachusetts and Minnesota, New Jersey. Some of those are trying to move forward. Uh, the toughest thing for some of these businesses is you look at like the Seminole Hard Rock, which we mentioned last week. They, they opened the Guitar Hotel. They spent so much money and they had to shut down for a couple of months. Now that they're reopening, 
since they are not under the auspices of the state, which to dictate what they're going to do, they're going to stay open pretty much uh, under any circumstances, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, again, they don't even have to worry because Broward, you know, the Broward uh, mayor hasn't ordered them to shut down, ordered the other casinos, their their competition to close like we have here in Miami Day, Dave. So, you know, uh, restaurants in, in Broward can, can have, uh, you know, dining indoors. We can't here in Miami Dade, so uh, I don't know where this is going to lead. Yeah, uh, we we saw that the uh, the director of the schools, I forgot what you call that, uh, the, the gentleman who's uh, yeah, Carvalho. Carvalho. Uh, no, uh, um, well, Carvalho is the guy down here in Miami Dade, but uh, the guy yeah, in Broward Broward is where Robert Runcy. Robert Runcy, exactly. Uh, you know, he's already stated that they're going to go to, you know, video to tell, you know, doing what we're doing right now for the show for the kids in Broward, which, you know, our our president has said that he doesn't want that. He wants kids back in school. So has uh, so has our governor. So, you know, different things, different strokes for different folks, depending on where you live. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate all your contributions, Joe. And uh, we'll be back next week with another show again. Thanks to Joe Costello for uh, for uh, producing the show for us this week, as usual. And uh, guests are probably not on the agenda for any immediately, uh, anytime soon. <laughs> but we'll see what we can do. We'll try to hey. get a couple of people in here. Try to get a hold of Hayden, see if he wants to talk that about would be his, nice. uh, top fitness. It's been a long time since I talked to him, but... Uh, you know, a lot of times some of the guys are playing, maybe they're playing, uh, I don't want to say illegally, but, uh, you know, found a way to get on there and maybe don't want to talk about it and have people come after their money. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that for sure. I'm hoping he's uh, following all the rules and uh, takes advantage of his situation. Thanks, guys, for all the help. And uh, we will be back with another show. Thank you for listening in. And we'll catch you next week with another edition of Poker Action Line.